Welcome to our sermon. I am Pastor Nathan Escarga, and I am sure that God will speak to you through his word today. When it comes to ministry, you can't minister without some form of interaction with somebody else. And it's, uh, the Lord would have us to be uh, equipped for the work of ministry, which means interacting with others. And uh, so this series, uh, different parts to it, uh, you can catch online. And if you haven't um, done that yet, or if you've missed some, you can go back and uh, check out Lighthouse Niagara, uh, whether the website or Lighthouse Niagara on, on YouTube. And you can catch the services from the last, well, there's over 100 services that are, are on the, online at this point uh, by video. And uh, uh, you can go back for, for an entire year of services. Praise God for that. And I want to thank again all those that are, are helping to make that come to pass. And our, our tech team, uh, appreciate uh, them and their, their faithfulness to allow for this to happen. So once again, good to have you all here. How many of you are glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, that's, that's all right. We can give thanks to the Lord. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Uh, for the longest time, we were unable to gather together. And uh, so it's good that we can be here and that you are here tonight. Um, this is uh, an extension from, uh, I think it's uh, part four, or maybe part, or part five. It's part five now. But uh, last week, uh, the title was Love, Communication, and sex. So uh, we didn't get to uh, the communication part, and we didn't get to uh, the last part that is always of uh, interest to to uh, some. Uh, so we are working on this the second part of communication, and the amazing thing is when it comes to uh, our interactions with others, um, communication is critical, and. Uh, Today, I don't want to get so much into the, the way we communicate with others, but rather what would be the, the heart of our communication with others. And um, our heart and even our spirit impact how we interact with others. How many of you from the time that you gave your life to Jesus, from be, before you knew him and, and then when you gave your life to Jesus, how many of you have found that there's been a change, and especially if you gave your life to the Lord as an adult, how many of you have had a change in the way you interact with others? Okay, many, most of you or many of you have put up your hand. and uh, When we give our life to Jesus, the way we interact with others changes. Uh, and there are times where our, our interactions with others uh, that are unbelievers, I, others may not give them the time of the day, but as a, a, a child of God, because you are saved and you've been changed, there's a work that has begun in you. In Ephesians 2, if you read through that first part of that chapter, it says that we were dead in trespasses and sins. And when our spirit is dead in trespasses and sins, often 
it does, and it's not often, always, it will impact our, our heart, our soul, and, uh, and our communication with others. Even the way we think about uh, others is changed the moment we give our life to Jesus. I, how many of you, of you are thankful that God is able to do a work that we can't? In Philippians 1, verse 6, it says that we can be confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in us will continue it until the day of the Lord. As we submit and surrender to the, Lord, the Lordship of Jesus Christ, there's changes that are taking place that allow us to interact with others on, in a very positive way, whether you're single or whether you're married. It should change the way we interact with others. So, communication. Our... our communication is such a huge part of relationship. How many of you out there would say that you are um, very outgoing? Okay, I, I, I heard one. Okay, so for the most part, I see, how many of you are just saying, well, I'm, I'm not really super outgoing. I'm, I'm more of a, I'm more introverted. How many of you are more introverted? Okay, I, I'm, I'm surprised I see uh, so many that are saying, yeah, I'm more of an introvert. And so, as in, I, I stay to myself. Now, the beautiful thing is, uh, and I would put myself in that latter category of, of being an introvert, but because of Jesus Christ and the work that he's begun in me and has continued, it allows me to interact and even desire interaction with others to desire interaction with others, communication with others, and even to take time uh, to interact with others, to communicate with others. There's been a change. So when it comes to communication, it's impacted by where our spirit is, if you're a believer or not. For those that are, are following on, online, if you want to have change in relationship, uh, with others, and you're not a believer, give your life to Jesus. There will be a change in how you interact with others. If you are a believer uh, tonight, and so many, most of you here are believers, as far as I can see, everyone. Uh, but what I would say is this, listen to the word tonight, because if you're struggling, perhaps, interacting with others in, the, in relationship, which means communication, uh, this should help uh, tonight. So, first off, uh, as our spirit is changed, it will impact our heart and our soul, which will affect our mind, the way we think, and then what will come out of our mouths. How many of you maybe struggle with what comes out of your mouth? I, I know that I, I still have a struggle, especially, I mentioned uh, when it comes to the stresses of the day or whatever, sometimes the way I interact with others is not the way it should be. And, and oftentimes, as I mentioned, uh, I think it was last week, sometimes it's the people that you're closest to, uh, you, you are sometimes abrupt with them or the, the way you're communicating with them is not where it should be at. And, um, and today, I want you to know that there is uh, uh, encouragement from the word of God and there is a work that can be done that goes past you and is a work of the Holy Spirit. 
So first off, even as, as a believer, uh, we need to watch what is in our heart towards, uh, for those that are married, towards your spouse, and also uh, whether it's to, towards someone else, we have to watch what's in our heart. Within us, there should be a love towards others. And if we allow uh, a negative emotions, uh, whatever that may be, uh, envy, jealousy, uh, bitterness, resentment, uh, whatever it may be, uh, even irritations, things of irritation, uh, we have to watch that these things don't take root in our lives. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Um, if you have a bitter root that's within you, you will have a bitter fruit. I don't know, who is bit into a fruit and it's like, it's not fully ripe or it is so tart, whether it's, uh, uh, I'm thinking of, of plums. Have you, have you ever bit into a plum that is not fully ripened yet? And it's like, oh my goodness. There's a, a tartness, there's a, almost a, a bitterness, if you would. But if there's a root that is of bitterness that's starting within us, there will be a fruit that comes out that is bitter. Doesn't taste good. Doesn't taste good. We have to watch what, uh, what is stirring within our heart that even ha has not even come out yet. But there's something that may be going on with us because of what someone else said or didn't say or did or didn't do. It doesn't matter. And sometimes as we react to that in relationship, we find that there's a problem. There's something that starts working in our heart. And I know I've, I've, I'm there. I've been there. And so I have, to, I have to watch my heart. I have to guard my heart that there's stuff that doesn't get in there that shouldn't be in there. And one of the things is, is to make sure that a, a bitter root doesn't grow up into a plant that, that has a bitter fruit and that we cut it off right at the beginning. If you have your Bibles, I want you to uh, uh, turn to Hebrews chapter 12, Hebrews, Hebrews 12, verse 15. And I, I want you to know that, that you can have, even in, in marriage relationship, even between two believers, if we don't heed the word of God regarding our hearts and what can grow up in our heart, if we don't watch, you can have two people that profess to be Christians actually moving apart because there's bitterness and, and it grows into a plant of bitter fruit which is, does not taste good. And so we have to watch, and, and oftentimes there's a, uh, if even the person that's on the receiving end, or, or they have to watch that there's not a, a, a returning evil for evil, if you would, or because of a negative or, or bitter fruit that is in perhaps one life that may impact someone else. So Hebrews 12, verse 15. And we're going to look at a few verses here. Take a little bit more time on this first passage as we move through uh, tonight. Uh, Hebrews 12, 15 says, Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, 
lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. Now we're going we're gonna to go back to this verse. But I want you uh, to, we, we want to look at uh, a few verses before that, especially, and see that we, we don't get to the place of uh, this, this bitter root growing up within us. Our heart, there's an impact on our heart. And uh, we're talking about the negative emotions. What are, what are some negative emotions that we may have towards others? Whether it's a spouse, spouse whether it's a child, whether it's a, a friend, a neighbor, whatever. What are some uh, uh, emotions that can creep into our heart and into our soul? Anybody? Okay, so just being dishonest with them. Yeah. Anger. Yep. Jealousy. Anything else that when it comes to uh, interacting with others? Sorry? Resentment? Retaliation? Unforgiveness? Uh, sometimes, just, sometimes just simple things of irritation. Uh, sometimes there's a rejecting. You can, re not a, just a rejection of, of, of you, but there's a rejecting of others. Uh, or there's a partiality. I'm partial to who I hang out with. Uh, I just, I just want to hang out with that person. They're not, they're not. Remember, hey, do you remember grade school? Uh, friends, you want to, you know, you're, whether you're new at a school or a class. Hey, I want to be friends with so and so, but they just, they don't want to. You know, you're grade three or four. You just, and they're not. They have other friends. And so, while well, you're just, uh, well, I, I want to be with that person. They're rejecting, rejecting me. They're, you're getting hurt, whatever. You know what? That, that can continue on as adults. We say, hey, I, I want to be with that person. That's, that's sometimes a struggle that I have as a pastor. Sometimes there's a, you know, you're, you're pulled in different directions. It's not that a lot of people want to be with me necessarily. But, uh, uh, but there's definitely a thing of recognizing I, I'm, I'm limited in the amount of time that I can spend with any one person. Some people say, oh, you, you have many different friends. I might have different people that I may be close to, but the amount of time that I can spend with any single one of them is very limited. And yet there's sometimes there's a perception of, of hey, I wish I could be as, I want to be close to Pastor Dave, and, uh, and I literally don't have time necessarily to say, hey, I, I, I want to give more time. And, and sometimes even with, with these different things, there's, there's a hurt within the heart regarding relationship. And so even the communication that could start to happen as a result of there being a, a problem in a lack of relationship, there's a root of bitterness that can spring up. And so we want to talk, we want to look at uh, how do we deal with this? And um, and so I want to go back a few, just a few verses. Um, I want to go. I'm going to jump back to Hebrews 12, verse 12. If you're following on on the uh, screen there in the back, just Hebrews 12, verse 12. 
And we're, we're just going to touch on a few verses. These are, this is amazing. As I delved into this, it was like, because I was, I was just going around root of bitterness, the root of bitterness that can creep into our hearts in relationship with others, which affects our communication. And so just going back, it is so beautiful. So I want to start at Hebrews 12, verse 12. And it says, therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. Now, we can just read this and say, okay, what is this saying? What is the Lord saying to us here? When it comes to your hands, your hands are, are representative of the things that, that we do. We, we use our hands uh, to make things, to do things. And when your hands are, are just, they're hanging down, there's this, this thing of dejection and a thing of, of, of I just, I don't know if I'm going to make it. And, and the Lord is saying that there can be a strengthening of the things that, that should be done. The hands that hang down, it's like nothing as much is being accomplished. The Lord desires for there to be a strengthening of what you've been called to do, the purpose of what you've been called to do. In Ephesians 2, verse 10, it says, We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, that we would walk in them. There are things that the Lord would have us do, that you, he would have you do. And so the Lord is saying, listen, I want to have my purpose done in you. There is something about, Lord, what? The Lord wants to do work on me and through me? What? The Lord has a plan for me? As there's a change in heart and attitude, even the communication with others will change. As our heart is, is, is strengthened, the things of, of, of what the Lord would have us do, there's a strengthening of the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. It's interesting. The thing about knees, I don't know about you, if you have sore knees, it's very hard to, to walk. And so, so some, there's, a, there's a pain in, in the walking or sometimes there's a, a pain even in movement where there's a stiffness, there's a limp, there's a lameness. Uh, and, and so there's, there's not the uh, uh, ability to move forward like you would like to. It says here, to strengthen the feeble knees. Knees are meant to be bent, whether you're walking. And also in this thing of knees, there's the aspect, and feeble knees, there's an aspect of kneeling. You know what? When you have sore knees, have you ever, your knees have been sore, it's like, oh, I can hardly get up. It's almost to the point where I don't even want to go down. I don't even want to go down because I know how hard it's going to be to get back up. So there's no bending of the knee. It's just like, okay, I, if, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just not going down because I, I, I'm going to be, once I go down, I, don't, I don't, won't get up. And even when it comes to kneeling, kneeling always has to do with the aspect of, of humility as we kneel, there's a thing of, of humility in it. As we kneel before somebody, we can be forced to kneel, but we can also 
uh, as we surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, we kneel before him, we bow to him, we surrender ourselves to him. And so even as we would uh, have our knees strengthened, it allows us to move forward easily. And we're talking here also about, we're not just talking about anything of moving forward. We're talking about relationship. When we allow the Lord to do a work of strengthening what he would have us do, even within relationship, and, and so, relationship takes work. And so when we're willing to say, I'm willing to work on relationship, when things are not good, I'm willing to work on it so that the Lord is saying, I want to strengthen the hands that are hanging down. You don't think it's going to work out? The Lord is saying, but I can do a work that you can't do, and I want to strengthen the things that you need to do. I want you to be able to move forward even in relationship. I want you that there's, a, a, there's not a problem with the bending of the knee, whether it's to move forward or to be humble, to be able to kneel down. And, and even to have humility in relationship with others, whether it's your spouse or not. You know what? Have you ever, have you ever had a, 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 for those that are married, I know it doesn't happen to you guys, but uh, I've, uh, where there was a problem, this, this happened to me, where things didn't work out or there was a word said or anyways, you go to bed at night, and there was a huff and a puff, as in, oh, this was not good. I can't believe she did that or said that or didn't do that. And there's this thing of there's no communication. It's affected your communication. You know what? Before you go to bed, there should be some communication that goes on. And even if it's just a simple thing of for a married couple to just to reach, reach over and, and just to say, hey, I love you. But when there's a problem within the heart and there's a bitterness within the heart, something has happened, we can't do that. And there's a pride that says you can't bend your knee. Your knee is, is feeble and stiff and hurting, and there's a lameness about it, and so we don't bend the knee. We don't humble, humble ourselves and say, well, it's not, it's not me. It's, it, it was her. She's the one that needs to get things straightened out. And so there's no communication. That's not a good thing. But it starts within the heart because there's something wrong inside the heart. And we need to cut down the root. Now, listen, even if you say, hey, I'm not married. I'm telling you, it happens with, with relationships with uh, relatives, a brother or a sister, uh, parents, children, friends, neighbors. The same thing can happen because of a word that was said or wasn't said. And, and there's a pride that says, no, I'm right, they're wrong, so... They need to get things straightened out. And we need to be at a place that we can humble our, our, our hearts and, and to bend the knee so that it's not a thing of, of pride. It's interesting what it says after this. It says, let me just pull it up here. It says, and make straight paths for your feet. This is not you doing it. This is the Lord being able to do this. And we'll see how, how this ties in with verses 14 and 15 and relationship especially. 
it's tied in with verses 14 and 15. And so do you want to have a straight path or do you just want to keep going around in circles? And you know what? There's people that go around in circles or they're in a rut and there's no relationship or just going around and around. And there's no change in the relationship. And here the Lord is saying, but I want to make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame, when it comes to the lameness of relationship and, and, and moving forward and, and all of that, a deepening of relationship, rather than it being dislocated and getting worse, the Lord is saying that there would be, but rather there would be a healing that would take place. Look, that's what it says at the end of verse 13. And make straight paths for your feet so that you that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. When you are not on a good path or not in a good course, uh, you can trip up, you can stub your toe, you can get hurt or whatever. But when there's a, a smooth path, and we're talking here about relationship, the Lord is saying, I can restore relationship that's, that's been extremely negative. And may I say this? Even if you're, you feel your relationship is not right between you and the Lord. The Lord's heart and desire is for there to be relationship and healing of relationship and a closeness of relationship with him. So what is lame may not be dislocated or get further damaged or get worse, but rather that there would be a healing of relationship. You say, Pastor, you're really stretching it with these verses. Look at ver the next verse. Verse 14 and 15. It says, pursue, or to seek after eagerly or earnestly, endeavor to acquire. When you pursue something, you, man, I need to, I need to acquire this thing. I need, I'm seeking after it eagerly. It says, pursue peace with all people. We're talking about relationship here. This is why the verse before it is just so, the Lord is saying, oh, man, do I want for there to be relationship. Because with relationship, there, is, there will always be communication. And good relationship, there is communication. And so pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. Now, When it comes to having peace with other people, there's a connecting, if you're struggling with relationship with others and having peace with others, it says here, pursue peace with all people and holiness. And holiness. The things of holiness can only be the hand of God. We cannot be holy in and of ourselves. It is only by God that we are holy. It says, to the point without which no one will see the Lord. We cannot see the Lord without Jesus Christ. It, it comes back to the spiritual aspect of where we are spiritually, and we'll, we'll see that. We cannot see the Lord. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and life. No man comes to Father except 
by me. There is no way that we can come to the Father except through Jesus Christ and by faith in Jesus Christ. And here it's saying if you want to pursue peace, if you have struggled having peace with others, check your relationship with the Lord. Lord, is my heart right? Am I right before you? Because it's amazing what humility and the grace of God and the power of God is able to do in restoring relationships. And I'm talking even with the unbeliever at times. That there's a, a restoration of, of relationship because we're pursuing peace. We want relationship. You know what? It should not be of the, the believer that we say, I don't want relationship with others. Now, there is a passage in Romans that does talk. It says that we should have, we should have peace with all men if possible, which means there's a possibility that we, we may not have peace with all men. But there should be, if, if possible, that there would be peace with all men. And a lot of times we as believers say, no, I want nothing to do with them. And even when it comes to relationship with, within our very close relationship, we say, well, no, I don't want relationship with them. But here the Lord is saying, as we tie in the pursuit of peace with all people and holiness, and he emphasizes it, without which no one will see the Lord, he's talking specifically as what is your relationship like with God. As our relationship with God is right, and it is only right as our faith is in Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross, it's not because of how good we are, it's because of his righteousness, that we have right standing with God is when the, the relationship with others can change quickly and powerfully. Amazing. Peace with others. Jesus said, and we talked about this a few weeks back, dealing with a nasty past, whether it's a recent past or distant past. And it had to do with forgiveness. You know what? As we are able to forgive those that have wronged us, it's amazing what can happen when it comes to restoration of relationship, especially if we're pursuing relationship. And as we forgive those that have wronged us, it says, and, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And at the end of that beautiful instruction that the Lord gives to his disciples on, on prayer and, and how we should pray, when he, after he finishes off, he says, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Matthew 6, verse 14. And verse 15 says, but if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So this thing of, of holiness, it only comes through Jesus Christ who has forgiven us of all our sins and that we would forgive those that have sinned against us. Lord, I forgive them. I forgive the, th the, the, wrong, uh, the wrongs that they did. I forgive their behavior. Now, in the end, only Jesus. I had somebody say this past week, hey, we can forgive someone's behavior towards us, but we can't forgive their sins. Only the Lord can forgive sins, but we can forgive when someone else is wrong to us, and we need to forgive those that have wronged us. So going back to Hebrews 12, verse 14 and 15, it says, Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. 
looking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Now, this looking carefully has to do with an examining of ourselves. When we look at our, you know what, there's, there's times where when there's been an, in, an interaction with, with, with somebody else and it's not been positive. And uh, uh, so we, we have all the emotions, you know, you know what I'm talking about when there's been a negative interaction, whether it's a boss or neighbor, or it could be even a, a spouse, a loved one. There's a negative interaction and it impacts us. It, it will impact. And as a result of that, the emotions that flood into our heart are not right. And it's impacting us. And here the Lord is saying to look carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. As we look, we're not, we're not looking to say, hey, where's that person at? But rather, where am I at? Where am I at right now? with this, with my attitude, my emotions towards somebody else. Lest we fall short of the grace of God. The grace of God, it is, it is around Jesus' finished work on the cross for us. Just quickly, falling short of the grace of God or even setting aside the grace of God. Look what it says in Galatians 2, 20 and 21. It says, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, in this body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So there's this recognition and acknowledgement of who Jesus is and what he did for, for me. And I acknowledge that. I acknowledge his death on the cross for me. And my faith is in the one who loved me and gave himself for me. I say, thank you, Lord. But look at the next verse, verse 21, Galatians 2, 21. I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. If righteousness on my part comes through me attempting to keep the law, then Christ died in vain. His, his finished work has no impact and the grace of God cannot be extended to me when my faith is through how good I am and who I am and my faith is on something other than Jesus Christ. I've set aside the grace of God towards me. And here it is saying, back in, in Hebrews 12, verse 15, it says, looking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. If we don't acknowledge Jesus' work on our behalf and for us, what happens is the grace of God is set aside and we fall short of the grace of God. You say, well, what's the big deal about that? Look at the next, the next part of verse 15, Hebrews 12, 15, the second part. It says, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble and by this many become defiled. There's a problem. If our, in our heart there's no forgiveness and the Lord forgave us and we don't forgive others, well, you say, Pastor, but they did, that was wrong what they did. They shouldn't have done that. I have every right to be upset and angry, and you do. But if we can't forgive, 
We set aside the grace of God that has forgiven us. He has forgiven us every single one of our sins as our faith is in Jesus Christ. What will happen is this. Two things. A root of bitterness will spring up and it will cause trouble. That's the first thing. If you can't forgive someone else, the Lord won't be able to forgive you. And if you're not forgiven by the Lord, the grace of God, it's not being extended to you. What will happen is you will get to a place of bitterness with others. You have to forgive. You say, Pastor, but you, you have no idea what they did to me. Or you have no idea of the neglect that I had. Or you had no idea what, what, they've, what they've done. Sometimes abuses, physical abuse, sexual abuse, emotional abuse, neglect, whatever it may be. Lord, I'm going to forgive. I need to forgive. You forgave me every single one of my sins. While I was yet a sinner, you died for me. While I was opposed to you, you died for me. You loved me. We don't want a root of bitterness to creep up because it will cause trouble. Lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble. It will cause trouble. And, it's, and the second part of this is, and by this many become defiled. I want you to know, sometimes we say, well, oh, I can keep it in. Nobody needs to know that I have not forgiven that individual. And yet, the impact, there will be an impact on impact, or there will be a result of negative things happening with you and others. This is by this, many become defiled. As we allow a root of bitterness to well up within our heart. So it doesn't just remain confined to you because a root, a bitter root, will grow into a bitter shoot, which will grow into bitter fruit. It'll just, it will be. There's a contamination. There's a polluting. There's a defiling with sin, and it's impacting not just you now, it's impacting others as well. I mentioned uh, the individual years ago, I can remember, someone, an unforgiveness towards their spouse, they, there was separation, and I, I believe divorce, and there was such a bitterness. And the bitterness that this woman had towards her husband impacted her relationship with anybody else. There was such a turmoil and a sadness uh, in this person, so that interaction was very difficult with others. On her part, and to the point where you would almost want to, you just needed to, you wanted to step back. I can't be around a person like that. We need to cut that root. Listen, I, I mentioned this before. Not often. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. There was a point in my life I was married already for, we had been married now, would have been a number of years. And I'll tell you, it was so of the devil. And I can remember this, to the point where 
And thank God it didn't last very long. But because of the way my wife responded to, to actually some of the things that I was feeling the Lord was doing, and her response wasn't exactly what I thought, hey, this was just shortly after I was called into ministry. So it was probably around 2001. Been married since 13, 14 years at that point. And I'll tell you, it got to the point, listen to me, those that are married. <laughs> if you cannot lie in the same bed at night, there is something wrong. And I recognize that, yeah, sometimes we, you need to have a change of mattress or whatever, or you're snoring too loud or whatever. But I'm not talking about those kinds of things. But if you cannot lie in the bed together, there is something wrong. And I was no longer laying in the bed together with my wife. And I, was, I slept a few nights out on the couch. And this was shortly after the Lord called me into ministry. It was a calling into ministry. And here, I'll tell you, the moment the thought, I'll tell you, this is how far it goes. I'm talking about a root of bitterness creeping into our heart, and if you don't nip it in the bud, that thing will get so ugly. And so here was the thought that came to mind, and as soon as it came into my mind, I knew that this was demonic. Because the thought was this, you should get a divorce. Are you kidding me? And as soon as I, that thought entered the mind, and I'm, I'm talking about not dealing with the root, as soon as it entered the mind, there was a thing of recognition, man, I need to go and I need to get things right with my wife. And I didn't need to get into all the details. You don't necessarily have to get into all the details. But it can be as simple as this. Listen, I just want, I want you to know that I did not have the right attitude towards you. I didn't have the right heart towards you. And I'm asking you if you can forgive me for the wrong attitude. And she didn't even know necessarily, hey, is there anything wrong except for the fact, I don't know if I, I can't remember if I made an excuse of why I was sleeping out on the couch. Oh, I didn't want to wake you up. Or I was staying up a little bit later. I didn't want to wake you up. But I'll tell you right now, the moment that I, I confessed and asked for forgiveness, can you forgive me for, for that attitude that... She didn't necessarily know. I don't know what, two days, three days? Because we can sometimes hide things. And she says, as soon as she says, of course, Dave, I, I forgive you. And I can remember, Stan, I know, can remember exactly where we are, standing at our old place on Mundere, a, a bi-level in a long hallway going into the back, three bedrooms. I can remember we're, we're standing in the hallway at that point, and we're just holding. I can remember starting to weep, and there was a cutting of that root of bitterness. It was cut. And there's something powerful that took place. It was spirit. There was a spiritual cutting of something that could fester and would turn into something really nasty. say, wow, I wasn't a pastor yet, but I was being called into ministry and the enemy would desire to shut things down. Lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble. 
It's there to cause trouble. And it says, by this many become defiled. James 3, verse 13 says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your heart, so I got to have my way and I don't care, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, is sensual. It's all about me. It's about the flesh, what I want, and it's demonic. There's a demonic element to it. For where, where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. The things of the enemy is he wants to destroy relationship. And it starts in the heart. Listen, when the heart's not right, you cannot communicate. It's difficult to communicate. And so the feeble knee that doesn't want to bend because you can't get up, it needs to say, I want to strengthen that knee. That I, I, there's no problem in bending and humbling self so that I, that I can deal with the situation because I want to move forward. We need to move forward in relationships, whatever they may be. But look what it says in James 3, verse 17. And this is what the Lord desires to give us because sometimes we can't conjure it up ourselves, but the Lord gives us. It says, but the wisdom that is from above, it's from him, is first pure, then peaceable and gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality. No, it's not about me. And without hypocrisy, and then in verse 18, it says, Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Pursue peace with all men and holiness. The fruit of righteousness, the fruit of God, the fruit of what is good and right will come in as you desire to make peace with those that you may have struggle with. Let me read that again, verse 18. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. As we make peace, you will reap a good fruit, a righteous fruit. Our heart, our heart is critical in communication. And especially as believers, that we cut the root of bitterness. Because our heart, it's amazing how if we don't have the right attitude, the next part that it goes to is to our mind. Look what it says in Philippians 4, verse 8. There's instruction given to about what we think about. And think about when you're struggling with relationship with others, how many of these things you don't have. It says, finally, brethren, Philippians 4, 8, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. And how often, when our heart is all messed up, that the exact opposite of this is happening right here in our head. If you start thinking about things that are opposed to this verse, about what is honest and just and pure and lovely and good report, there's so much negative, so much negative, Always negative. If you start thinking like this, you got to take those thoughts captive. You cannot continue to dwell on them. You can't. If you want, you have a choice 
I can grab a hold of those thoughts and continue or not. Begin to fill your mind with good things. You know what I find interesting? I don't understand why believers would seek ungodly counsel when it comes to relationship. Secular counselors. Hey, I'm going to go to a person that is not a believer, a, 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 a counselor, marriage counselor, whatever, and I'm going to allow them to speak into my life the things of man. I had somebody come to me and say, you know what? Uh, our counselor, we went to a, a counselor, and they said, for goodness sake, my goodness, you guys need to separate and get a divorce. You guys are, I can't believe this is happening in your life. If there are things that are happening in your head, God would say, hey, Watch what, don't, don't go to ungodly counsel. Don't, you know what, oftentimes we want to have somebody sympathizing with us, so we're going to run to somebody else so that they can side with us and, and where we're at when it comes to relationship. Hey, come here. What, you know what, what do you think about this? This is what they said. This is what they did. What should I do? Oh, man, I can't believe they said that. You must be so upset. This is what you should do, and it's always negative. I like what it says in 1 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5. It talks about, I think it's verse 5. It says that we can take captive thoughts that are not in obedience to Christ. Do you know that you can take captive thoughts in your own head that are not in obedience to Christ? And you will know that's not in obedience to Christ because oftentimes the, uh, the Holy Spirit will start convicting you of this is not good or these thoughts are not good. In Jesus' name, I take captive those thoughts that are not in obedience to you. Every time there was, the enemy would want me to go down that rabbit hole and just dig into all these negative thoughts, I am not going there. And at that point, there might be the Holy Spirit saying, hey, you need to get things right with that other person. And maybe there is this thing of, oh, I need to forgive that person what they did to me. Or maybe they need to forgive you of what you did to them. Or even the heart and the attitude. You know what? Sometimes the best thing is someone that wronged you and you have negative emotions and feelings to them, you can go to them and say, you know what? Listen, I know our, our relationship is maybe struggling. And I want you to, I want to ask for forgiveness from you because my heart and my mind and my thoughts were not right towards you. Can you forgive me? They wronged you and you're asking them for forgiveness because of what's going on right in here and what's going on in here. And it's amazing that sometimes the people that wronged you, they don't even know that they wronged you. They'll say, what? I, what? Is that what you took from that? Or, 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 man, I'm so sorry. And there's a reestablishing of relationship. Taking captive thoughts that are not in obedience to Christ. I like what the, ver the verses before that. Listen, if you are worried and concerned about relationship and you've got anxieties about relationship, Look what it says in the verses before verse 8. Verse 4, Philippians 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. 
in the Lord we can rejoice, even in the worst of times. Let your gentleness, your modera moderation be known to all men. The gentleness, the way we're interacting with them, let it be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. He's there to help you that you can be in right relationship with others. And sometimes it's even humbling yourself and saying, yeah, you know what, I was wrong. I'm sorry. I, I didn't say the right thing. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. We're talking about our heart and our mind. As we bring the thing to the Lord, Lord, I need your help. This isn't right. And so we confess it to the Lord, and there's a work that's being accomplished by God that you can't do. I, I can't do it. But the Lord is doing a work on our heart and on our mind through Christ Jesus. Through what he did on the cross for us. And the Holy Spirit is there to work through that, that total act of love and mercy and grace that God extends to us in Jesus Christ coming and dying for us. I just say thank you, Lord, for the work that you can do by your spirit to guard our heart and mind that it doesn't go in places where it shouldn't go. Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. See, because if what comes from the heart goes to the mind, and the next thing, there is a point, there's a point where you may lose it, and the next thing, there's stuff coming out of your mouth to impact someone else. How many of you have lost it with somebody else verbally? <laughs> we have all. And we tell them. We tell them how we're feeling. Look what it says about our tongues and how dangerous it is. James chapter 3, verse 3. It says, indeed, we put bits in a horse's mouth that they may obey us. Just a little pull, and the whole head is turned, and the whole body is turned. We're talking a, 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 some of these creatures, a 1,000 pounds or more, and you're riding, and just a little thing on the, on the bit, and the whole animal is turning. Look at ships. Look also at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder whenever the pilot desires. I know, I, I used to sail. And I, the, the rudder, the ship, catamaran, two hulls, 20, 20 feet long, each one, and those tiny little rudders, not very long, there's one on each hull, so small, and just a little move, and that whole thing is turning so quickly makes makes complete sense. Although they are large and driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles? One tiny little word and just a huge fire that erupts from one tiny word. Have you, have you ever said something to somebody you're close to? Just one little word, and you know it wasn't good. It was maybe a little jab, or it was sarcasm. Some people are, some people that are quick with, or they want to get at somebody, so they don't want to hit them. They'll use the words to stab stab them. They use sarcasm. They're sarcastic. They just a little word. The next thing is there's a huge explosion. Have you ever had somebody explode because of what you said?
and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird and reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and our Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. And look at the last part of this verse. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Lord, we need your help. Should it not be? Oh, Lord, do we need your help? This is in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. There's a work that we can do or that we allow God to do. It says, uh, this I say, therefore, in testifying the Lord that you should no longer walk in the as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their own minds and thinking. The, the world, they, they, they say, oh, we got like this, this, the foolishness and the nonsense that is coming out of people's mouths at this time, and the media is just propagating, and social media is just propagating stuff. It's like, are you serious? The futility of the Gentile, the godless mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanliness with greediness. That's the world. But you have not so learned Christ. That's not how, as you became a child of God, there's a work that's been done and as you've learned Christ. If you know, this is who Jesus is and this is what he did for me on the cross. If, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus as Jesus would say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he says, the truth that is in Jesus that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. He says, you put off. So we, in the power as we have learned Christ, as our faith is in Christ and what he did for us, we can put off the old man the way we used to be, or the way our flesh is, we can put that off. We can put them off and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. We are renewed. Let me just regarding this renewing of the spirit of our mind. We are renewed when we submit our will to God. Lord, not my will, your will be done. That's not so bad. That's good. I don't have to. It's not me accomplishing things. So, Lord, I, I'm going to allow my mind to be renewed because I'm going to submit to your will being done in my life. Let me just say this. You don't ever have to be afraid of what God wants to do in your life. It is always good for your good, and it will be a blessing to others. So there's a renewing of the spirit of our mind. The spirit of my mind is, has to do with my will, has to do with me submitting to the, to the will of God. And that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. The Lord wants to do a work of change in you, a new person, a new creation. I just say, thank you, Lord. And we choose to say, yes, Lord, that newness of, of creation, let it go ahead in me. Not just at the point of salvation, but beyond salvation. Lord, continue to do that work on me that I cannot do myself.
these things are only possible as we continue to have our faith in Jesus Christ and, his, and what he did for us on the cross. It is only through the cross of Christ that the power of God is made available to us. There is no other way for the Holy Spirit to work. There is no other way. The Holy Spirit only works through the cross of Christ as our faith is in Jesus and what he did for me on the cross on a daily basis. That's why Jesus said, deny yourself, your own effort, and you trying to change yourself. Deny it. Deny yourself. Take up the cross daily. As Paul says, I'm crucified with Christ today. Today, right now. And I live by faith in this flesh and my body, by the, by the faith in the one that loved me and gave himself for me. And he says, I don't make that Jesus' death was in vain. I don't want to put aside the grace of God. The grace of God is unmerited favor. It's favor to us. We don't deserve it, but he, he gives it to us because our faith is in what is most precious to the Father. What do you think is most precious to the Father besides us? It's his own son. The most important thing that the Son of God did with the Father, as the Father gave his Son, was die for us. And that's the biggest act. And the Father's saying, what? Don't reject. It's my grace comes through that finished work of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit works through the finished work of Jesus Christ to change us. And this tongue, this, this the old man is put off. And as I submit my will to God's will, there's changes. And then he's saying, hey, I want to make you a new creation. And the Holy Spirit is able to do a work on us and through us. Look what it says now in verse 25 of Ephesians 4 because it starts talking about the tongue. It says, therefore, put away lying. Let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor for we are members of one another. Be honest with each other. We don't lie. Don't put on something that's not there. It says in verse 26, be angry and do not sin. Can you imagine you can be angry and you don't sin because of what's coming out of your mouth? Look at the next verse. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. I'm not going to go to bed like I did. I went to bed, slept on the couch for a few nights. Not good. Not good. Because it says there's giving place to the devil. There's an opening as we continue to not be in right relationship with our neighbor. We're lying to them. We're angry. Uh, we're, we are letting this wrath consume us. We're giving place to the devil. He's a father of lies. Verse 29 says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but that, but what is good for necessary edification, that is, that it may impart grace to the hearers. You say, Pastor, man, you must have it all together. You know what? There's still, on, on a daily basis, that's why Jesus says, take up the cross daily. On a daily basis, you say, Pastor, do you ever get over this? It doesn't take sometimes much for somebody or a situation or whatever and, and it's amazing how quickly you can, thoughts or whatever can come into your mind and even take your heart, your mind, and come out of your mouth. So quickly. But look at verse 30. I love this. And I've, I've talked about this in the last year. I mentioned this a few times in the last year. 
verse 30, when you think all these things are so impossible in Ephesians 4, verse 30 is tucked right in there. Not so much as a negative, but as a positive, but recognizing that we can. It says here, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Man, the Holy Spirit did a work on you for salvation. And the Lord is saying, allow the Holy Spirit to do a work to help you in these areas of what's coming out of your mouth, what's in your heart, your will, all these different things. Allow the Holy Spirit to help you in this. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. We grieve the Holy Spirit by saying, no, no, I can do it by myself. Well, I don't need you, Holy Spirit. And sometimes we do it ignorantly. Oh, man, I got to work harder. I got to work harder in how I talk to them and whatever. Yeah, you, you might need to work harder. But so often we say we can't do it. Oh, man, they just irritated me again. I may, I, I may control my tongue, but the stuff that's going on in my head. Have you ever got angry with somebody in your head? And they don't even know that you're angry. Or they may know if they look at your face. Has your face ever said anything? You didn't say a word, but man, did your face say something. And it's what's, what's in your head and in your heart is coming out and it's an expression on your face. And the Lord is saying, but I, I want to help you by my spirit. I want to help you by my spirit. And we grieve the Holy Spirit. We say, well, I don't need the help of the Holy Spirit because I'm doing this on my own. And sometimes we are in that position ignorantly as we're just thinking, I got to do this on my own. Or there's no other way. It's me. I got to do something. And the Holy Spirit is saying, oh, man, I want to help you in this and through this. And look at the next few verses. Says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor, that's a lot of clamor, is a lot of noise, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And so it's not just what's coming out of your mouth, but it's, it's even the, the stuff that's behind it, the malice behind it. You can say, you can say, oh, man, you're an idiot. I say, oh, man, you're an idiot. And so with one, there's just, well, whatever. You're just people, that some, some things they say, it's just, it's amazing what some people just say, and it's just automatic. But when there's a malice behind it, it says, we can put all, let all these things, and the Holy Spirit wants to help you with even the worst of these things. The Holy Spirit wants to help you in the way we communicate with others. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, even when I'm not getting my way. Lord, is able there to help in the communication? Listen, I haven't arrived, but the Holy Spirit is saying, and even in verse 32, he says, and be kind to one another. The Holy Spirit says, I want to help you to be kind to one another and to be tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ forgave you. At what point? The moment we humbled ourselves, those feeble knees that are so, we're so hard to get up, we're not going to go down, but we, we we're, our knees are strengthened that we can easily go down and easily come back up. So we easily go down and say, Lord, forgive me. Or we say to a brother and sister, forgive me. I had the wrong, what are you talking about? I don't even know what you're talking about. No, I just had the wrong attitude towards you. I want your forgiveness. Can you forgive me? And let that root be cut like that. Hallelujah. I like, and I mentioned this last time, Galatians 5, to 26, the fruit of the Spirit. So we talked about a root of bitterness, 
growing up into a shoot of bitterness, growing up into a fruit of bitterness. But here, look at the fruit of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit within us. The fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are all the things of the Holy Spirit. They're not even of me. But it's working in me. So listen, if there's anything really good that you say, hey, that's really amazing about Pastor Dave, I can't take credit for it because it's the Holy Spirit. Because by my nature, that's not, that's, our flesh is a nasty thing. It needs to be put down every day. Crucified. I'm crucified with Christ. The flesh is crucified. But look at this. It says, against such there is no law. There's no law against love and joy and peace and patience and kindness. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. I talked about this at length last week. We're crucified with Christ. Our passions and our desires, the things that may want to come out, and our desire to get even, crucified with Christ. The flesh, with its ugly passions and desires, that, that nasty fruit that would come from a root of bitterness, crucified, cut off. If we live in the Spirit, you've been made alive in the Spirit, let, also, let us also walk in the Spirit. The Lord, the Lord wants to give you the Spirit every single day of every single moment in that day to help you, that there be changes. Let us not become conceited, thinking that we can, I can do this on my own, because we can't, because we provoke one another. We irritate one another. And we, if we're not irritating one another, we're just saying, oh, man, I wish what I had what they had. Envying one another. If someone is losing it or has lost it, brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, Galatians 6.1. Galatians, what a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful book. If any man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourselves, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Lord, man, you've been so good to me. Listen, when it comes to the people that you love, you would let them know you love them. Sometimes it's, it's so easy Really, when you think about it, just to, to be able to say, I love you, and, and so, so many times we don't say anything. We just say, you know what? I just want to say I love you. I love you. And husbands and wives, when they go to bed or during the day, hey, I just want you to know I love you. A brother and a sister in the Lord, I say, hey, I, wanna, I, wanna, I want you to know I love you. We need to maybe say more of that to each other, to brother and sister or someone that's hurting, or even to somebody that, that isn't, doesn't even know the Lord yet. Hey, I just want, you know, I, I care about you. I love you. We could tell them the love of Jesus would come through because he has changed our spirit. He's made us alive, which impacts our heart, which impacts our mind, which impacts what comes out of our mouth, and that what would come out of our mouth would be a blessing to others. It would not be a curse, but it would be a blessing to others. Let's just stand together. I just want to say, I love you guys. I love you guys. And my heart desires for your good. If we could just stand together, we'd close in prayer at this time. I know it's a little bit longer today, but
This was uh, next week. Pray for me. I uh, we're talking about sex, <laughs> and listen. If you don't want to be here, that's fine. You don't need to. You don't need to hear about that. But um, pray for me because I I don't think I've ever talked as a a whole teaching. I may have said something in passing in a sermon. I've done, I've had the, uh, uh, with premarital counseling and whatever, I've, I've, we've talked about sex and whatever. Uh, but, uh, so pray for me because I'm still not exactly sure how this is going to go. It's going to be interesting for me as well. Uh, so that'll be next week. So if, if you're catching us online, you won't want to miss next week. And uh, you might say, well, hey, I'm single. Uh, there's I, there's parts of that, that that may you may need to to deal with as well um, that'll that'll help for the single person as well. So uh, let's just close in prayer. Lord, I thank you so much for your love, your sacrifice on on the cross for us, Jesus. And even as we acknowledge that, we recognize where we're at. We are sinners, Lord but you took our sins and you forgave us as we confessed our sins and as we believed in you, as you, we invited you in your life and there was a change that took place, we became alive spiritually. And we just say yes. We say we recognize we haven't arrived yet and we say yes to your, your spirit doing a work as we continue to walk daily by faith. We've been made alive in the spirit that we would also walk daily in the power of the Holy Spirit that works only through the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. So, Lord, let us be there daily, denying ourselves, taking up the cross daily, and following you. Lord, that is the, the, the path that you would have us is not for us to become lame, but for there to be a healing. If there's been any hurt, for there to be a healing. And so, Lord, uh, if, if there be anyone here tonight that's not maybe where they should be at, Lord, they recognize that you love them. And, Lord, even as they would bend that knee that doesn't want to bend, Lord, and they would just say, Lord, I, I just bow my knee to you, Lord. I come to you. I humble myself before you. Lord, you are there to forgive them, even as they would say, Lord, I'm, I'm sorry I've sinned. I've sinned against you or I've sinned against a brother or sister or whoever. Lord, you are there to forgive. And, Lord, even as you would unction them to maybe go speak with that individual, that they would do so. Lord, I pray that in the, in the coming days that there will be amazing testimonies of healing in relationship. Lord, I, I, I speak that to be. Let it be in Jesus' name for people here today and those that are listening online or those that might listen down the road. Lord, I just pray, let there be amazing works of healing take place. I just thank you and I praise I commit myself to you, my dear brothers and sisters. I pray a blessing on them. And Lord, a revelation of you in their lives and the power of the Holy Spirit upon them. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful evening and uh, day tomorrow and week, and we'll see you next time. God bless. Thanks for joining us for the sermon. We really hope that God spoke to your life. You can find more of the Word of God by watching our service live stream and listening to our podcast on our website, lighthouseniagara.com.